All right, welcome back to episode four of Noble with Noble uh, with me, Ryan Noble. And today we have Mary Armani uh, coming <laughs> on the podcast. Thanks again for, I love the name, man. for coming in. All right, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good name. Yeah. It's a good name. Um, yeah, one of my buddies, uh, I did an Instagram contest. Okay. And people were commenting names and one of my buddies uh, commented this one. I, I thought it was good. It's a good name. Because it's, uh, you know, it's not directly on real estate, but it sort of gives like a... Like we don't talk about bullshit here. It's, it's just catchy. we say how it is. It's and, catchy, uh, and it works. So, so it's yeah, gonna be so. my kind of podcast then. Oh, it's gonna be. Okay. A, you can talk about whatever you want. Okay. But uh, yeah, I guess we can start by talking about sort of who you are and and where you're coming from because you've been in the business for a very long time. Long time. What is that? Like 18, 17, 17 18, 18 years 18 now. Years? It's crazy. It flies when, by, man. When did you start? Uh, thirty eight. So I started when I was like twenty two, around there, twenty one years old. Was it hard to? It was extremely hard because social media didn't really exist. Um, like a lot of the newer realtors really have no idea how much of a benefit they have just having social media. Like it, it was just incredibly tough because you couldn't get your name out there. You had to do it like the old school way, uh, door knocking or just talking to your sphere of influence. And it was just so hard to get started. Yeah, and at the same time now, you could say it's easier, but it also gets sort of muddied down because there's so many people trying to do the same things yes so now the reason that i feel that it's difficult is because now you're able to see all of your competition whereas before it was difficult because you had those realtors that were killing it and they had huge budgets to advertise on bus benches and in the newspapers and just anywhere they can because they had the money and then newer agents like myself who were coming into the business they didn't really have that money so it was just t difficult for them to get started right did you eventually buy bus ads and things like that or never did, did more? any of that yeah. never did any of that even when social media started getting like pretty popular um i had no website like i was like really late to the game in that sense but at the same time um real estate social media hadn't really taken off as of yet. So um, myself, uh, Paul Greenberg, I always shout out Paul Greenberg, uh, Paul Greenberg, Amy Youngren, there was a few realtors that kind of like started doing video. And then we just kind of ran with it. And obviously it is where it is today, right? So do you feel like you were early to the game with the social media because you Very saw people early. doing it? No, that's the thing. There was nobody really doing it back right. then. So like we were one of the first ones on video like property videos, nobody was doing those before. Like I remember like doing property videos and I would have like people on like my, my Facebook list and they would they would like make fun of me and they would be like, oh, oh, who do you think you are? You think you're on TV making these videos? You know what I mean? Now they're just, they're common. Yeah. Like just, as a matter of fact, if you don't do them, it's a problem now, right? right. Yeah, I feel like everybody's just going out and doing yeah. these property videos, but it's as much as it's hard to differentiate yourself from other realtors, if you've already established that base from the start, I feel like it's a lot easier because you're getting into it, you know what you're talking about and people sort of have that trust in you yes. already. Yes, and the trust is important. The problem um, that kind of exists right now is that there's a lot of really, really bad realtors or realtors who are just not good people. Mm -hmm. And because of the way that they market themselves, they're very, very busy. So that's kind of like the crazy fact or the crazy aspect of real estate now that you necessarily don't need to be that good at your job. You just need to be very good at marketing. And that's kind of been one of the things that um, it's it, it's getting to me. It's getting to me because like, again, it doesn't affect me in any way uh, just because I always do my own thing and I don't worry about what other people are doing. But it's like, I know 
like personally realtors that are awesome and they're struggling because they don't market themselves. They don't know how to market themselves. And even if they did, they wouldn't be very good at it, right? So it's like, I feel bad for these people because it's like, they're great, but they're going to have to make changes in their business or they're going to be, they're going to be out of business. Yeah. Things are changing. They're, they're Big adapting. Time. And what do you think would be the best way for them to get themselves out there? Like if I'm someone who isn't very good on social media, I'm shy behind the camera. Cause I get that whenever I start a video, even doing this, yeah, I get nervous a little bit. Just, are you nervous now? Not, not a, once, <laughs> once we started, once we started, I'm good. But before like the, you know, the pregame nerves and, and trying to figure out what we're going to talk about and all of that. Yeah. It gets me, especially with my videos, because for me, I'm, I'm learning as well. Right. So as much as I'm trying to put my content out there, I want to know what I'm talking about so I can have that conversation later. And for someone who's been in the business for a long time and might be shy behind the camera, what do you think would be something that they could do to sort of uh, put themselves out there more? Listen, you just have to practice. And and the, the thing is, is that you could film a bad video and you can look like an ass, but people have a very short memory. So tomorrow they're not going to remember it. And that's the, that, that's the honest truth. And everybody's like, well, what should I do? And I always tell them the same thing. Just start with Instagram stories. They're there for 24 hours. They disappear. And eventually I think that because those videos aren't broadcasted to like so many people as if like, let's say you made a post, I think it's kind of a way where it would make you feel a little bit more comfortable slowly and you'll get better over time. Yeah. I guess that that's true as well. Cause I heard the same thing, but more posting every day, but thinking of, doing an Instagram story is smarter because it goes away. Yeah. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be something it. so formal. It doesn't have to be like so perfect. You know what I mean? Um, that was one of my drawbacks and it's still probably one of, one of the things that, um, I make mistakes on where like I'm trying to make the perfect video and I've been kind of slowly getting better at that. Just kind of saying, well, you know what, if the lighting isn't a hundred percent, if the sound isn't a hundred percent, or if let's say my background isn't amazing, who cares? Like the important thing is the message. Yeah. That's the important part. That's what people want to hear. That's what people want to see. Yeah. The, the person who's judging you most is yourself. Yes. Right. People look at the video, especially with social media, like they'll go on TikTok, they'll go on Instagram, they'll look at it, look at your video. And they'll scroll past it. They're not going to say, oh, you know, he doesn't look good today. He doesn't sound good today. The lighting is bad. Right, if you, Thankfully, because I feel like I've been looking like shit the last like four months. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you look great. Don't worry. I'm a, little, I'm, a little, I'm a little bit better today. Yeah, that's good. I still need a haircut, but it's okay. No, right? no, you're, you're fine. Okay. It, it looks like you got a haircut. Okay. No, no, Monday. I'm getting a haircut Monday. Well, haircut I, always Monday. Keep it, I always keep it clean. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, we can get into, uh, so you're a big mental health guy. And we, yes. We spoke about that a little bit before. And it's something that I wanted to touch on because it's such an important thing in everybody's lives, not only just realtors, but you started, uh, and in, speaking of Instagram and Instagram, you did uh, a live show every Monday on, or in the month of November, for November to support mental health. And you had other realtors on there and you were speaking to them about their mental health and you were asking them how they were feeling and they were asking how you were feeling. And it was so wholesome to watch and listen. Like I watched every week. Because people don't talk about mental health that much. They do. They'll post, you know, um, not memes, but they'll post stuff on social media just with words, but they won't actually talk about it. And a lot of people won't talk about it in person. They won't talk about it on video. So what sort of gave you the confidence to want to talk about that and want to talk about uh, it to these other people and have them open up? Uh, it's the fact that nobody really talks about it. Um 
I always do something for Movember every single year. Uh, mental health is something that um, I struggle with myself on a daily basis. Um, I've been struggling with it for years and it's kind of like I take it one day at a time. And no, Movember is kind of like a great time for me to spread that awareness, to share that awareness. And I thought it would be a great idea to bring some of these realtors uh, and not necessarily, uh, like I, I brought real, realtors, but I didn't really want them to talk about real estate. I, I tried to uh, make them talk about a lot of their personal experiences and what's happening personally in their lives. Um, but it was more than anything, I just wanted people to see that Yes, there's people behind that camera. They have feelings, they have good days, they have bad days. And I just wanted them to be very transparent and open about it. And uh, there was even like a few realtors that I reached out to do this and they didn't want to do it. And I'm pretty sure that they didn't want to do it because it's really, really difficult to be honest. Yeah. And everybody's honest but obviously like when they're not in control, like in this particular case, I would be in control because they would have no idea what questions I would be asking them. I feel that they didn't want to be part of that that talk because they were afraid what I was going to ask them. Right, because you ask them an important question that might hit home and they don't, they don't want to, like they don't, they almost don't want to tell you because it's so hard for them to open up about it. But uh, yes, it depends on the situation. And there's also, honestly, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sheep in wolves clothing. That's one thing that I really realize about real estate, uh, especially with social media. There's a lot of people that they seem like they have it together. There's a lot of people that parade themselves as good people and good realtors. But truth of the matter is, they're shit realtors. Truth of the matter is. Is, is that they're scumbags, they're not nice people. Like some of these people that have these big followings, I've called them and they're just assholes. Yeah. Like just assholes. I just I just never understood why somebody, I get it that you may have a bad day. We all have bad days and I'm sure that I've been an asshole to some people. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like you're calling them and you speak to them on more than one occasion and they're always the same way, right? And that's when you kind of start to clue in. These people are not nice people, right? Yeah, So and with... 70,000 agents in Toronto like that's yeah. you're gonna get those you're gonna get the good people you're gonna get the bad people and you get a mix but again with the with the smoke screens of yeah of social media right you see these guys smiling and laughing and having you know put putting their uh their houses up for millions yeah. of dollars and here it is here I'm doing so well I'm so successful but like you said you see them behind the scenes and they might be miserable. They might be a dick. They might be yeah. They're just know, not a good person. They're just so. not nice. And I just never understood why somebody would not be nice to somebody else. That's why, like, one of the things that I always try to teach my kids, and I always tell them that don't if somebody's not nice to you, just be nice to them, mm -hmm. because they might be having a bad day, and you don't know what's happening in their life at that particular moment. You've been blessed, and that's why you feel good. So don't worry about how other people feel. Just you try to make that difference, right? And and many times, like they even say to me, well, what if somebody's mean to me? And I'm like, just be nice to them because maybe by you being nice to them, they're gonna actually be nice back to you. And funny enough, my kids have actually told me on several occasions that, you know what I mean? Kids that they had problems with before, they're actually friends with them now. Oh, that's so great. It's, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's a little bit harder because obviously kids are not like adults. They don't reason. It may take a little bit longer, but these are the kind of things that I feel that we should be teaching our kids. So when they're older, they have these life skills and they don't, you know what I mean? 
I'm sure you see it all the time. There's yeah. there's people that are just they're not happy, man. Yeah, and it goes back down to the simple terms: treat people the way you want to be treated. Absolutely, right? Because again, like you said, you don't know how someone's day is going. You don't know how someone's week is going. Something could be happening at home that might be an issue, and they're taking it out on. And life is really tough now, right? Like just uh, with everything, like everything's very, very expensive now. Just going to the grocery store is 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 tough, man. I, I saw in the news that they were uh, that next year families are going to be spending families of four are going to be spending sixteen thousand dollars on just groceries itself, which is crazy. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I, I I saw that too, and it was uh, it's an increase of fifteen hundred dollars over what people paid in two thousand and twenty two, which is like crazy just because people are having a very hard time financially and i i think it's a good time though because unfortunately in this country we just buy shit that's all we do we just buy shit we spend money very irresponsibly and like over the course of the last like year two years i've been like noticing how much like i've stopped buying a lot of stuff like what like just just stupidity like let's say before i would go on these like big shopping sprees because i'm really into fashion i love clothing and it's like now thank you (laughs) uh and now it's just like i'm like do i really need that pair of jeans do i really need those shoes like i still buy stuff but i don't do it as often as i did before like just like now like my like my 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 mental like my mind is kind of saying less is more and i'm actually happier with less it's crazy because I'm so much happier with less. It's like, you you just have to worry less. You know what I yeah. mean? And you're just, I don't know. It's, it's all in moderation. Yes. Right? I'm the same. I'm not, for example, I'm not a shoe person. Okay. Like I, I have a couple pairs of shoes, but I got, you know, one, one pair of shoes for running, one pair of shoes yeah. for, you know, sports, one for going out, one for this and one for like flip-flops, whatever. It would make you sick coming to my shoe closet then. Right. <laughs> but that's the thing, yeah. right? Like. These are things that I'm not spending that much money on yeah. because I don't need a hundred pairs of shoes. I don't need one pair of shoes for every single occasion for every day of the week. And that might be something that, you know, maybe I, I don't want to say like you got to cut back on, but yeah. finding those things in your life that you're spending, not not necessarily unnecessary money, but money that you could be saving and putting towards things that might be more important, like feeding your family and feeding your kids. We do have to be a little bit more cautious because everything has gone up. It's going to continue to increase. The cost of living is just, it, it's its just killing everybody. Like people like who have a mortgage, they're now paying anywhere between a thousand to $2,000 more per month than what they were paying before. That's how much interest rates have affected people's monthly payments. So that's obviously going to cut out a lot of the things that they used to do before. As an example, going to a weekly dinner or just doing leisure things or buying two or three pairs of shoes in a month. You know what I mean? These are the things that people are not going to be able to do. So I kind of look at it as, as a blessing for many families because they're going to really realize that they didn't need these things to be happy. And it, all it is, is just, it's stuff. Like we've recently moved over the last few months and we also like threw out a bunch of things that we just no longer use. And, and I kind of, I, I looked at all these things and I'm like, why did we buy this to begin with? Like, it just made no sense. You know what I mean? So I think now we're, with my family, myself, I'm being a little bit more cautious as to where I'm putting my money. Right. So what, what are you doing 
to are you building like a plan to sort of balance out where you're going to be spending your money like a budget or are you just sort of making conscious decisions for just making conscious decisions like if you need something you need something like we just went to costco the other day and every time we go to costco it's a big bill oh yeah costco is always it's it's a killer there was one time i went and someone bought one item like they they had a shopping cart they had one item and i go How's that? How can you yeah. go to Costco and buy one? You're walking through the store and there's so many things. You I was can talking buy. about that with my wife. The, the couple in front of us, they bought like I don't know. I think it was like eight items, and I'm like, why would you even like go through this crazy lineup, <laughs> yeah. this huge ordeal for like eight items, right? As opposed to us, we had like two shopping carts, right? So, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's crazy, honestly. Like I think that we need to really adjust a lot of the things that we do in our lives, and uh, we just have to realize that in order to be happy. You don't need anything. You don't need anyone. It starts with you. You have to have that mental peace. And that's kind of what you should try to strive for. Because if you're happy with yourself, you're going to make everybody around you happy. I'm not saying that we don't need anybody in the sense of like, let's say my wife, but I I love my wife. I I want her around. I need her around. But at the same time, if I'm not happy, I'm not going to make her happy either. So it's like, You have to take care of yourself. And I feel that a lot of the times we're so focused on taking care of our clients, our just everybody around us, except for ourselves. We just need to dedicate a little bit more time to making sure that we're okay over up here because without it, it's. And so what, what are you doing to make sure that you're happy, that you're, you know, you have that positive attitude all the time and you, um, I guess like give it out to everybody else. Like, how do you figure out that you're happy? Like, what do you do? Do you have a routine? Do you go out? It's it's a hard thing, man. It's a hard thing. Um, The last four months have been mentally challenging for me. I've, I've, I've had a tough time mentally and there really is no recipe. Um, You just wake up you sometimes go through the motions. You don't know how to fix things. And there's other days where you feel like, why Why didn't I think of this sooner? Why didn't I like, you know what I mean? Why did I feel confused the day before? And that's the problem with mental health that a lot of people don't know how to like wrap their heads around it. So like in my particular case, um, I try my best to be happy. Um, I wake up, I have kind of like a routine where I, you know what I mean? say all the things that I'm grateful for. Um, and, and I think just gratitude in general is something that really helps us. Now, it's difficult because sometimes you you wake up and you say, I'm grateful to be able to see and to breathe and to have my family and to have food on my table and a roof over my head. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? One of your kids will do something that drives you crazy and yeah. all of a sudden you'll <laughs> snap, right? Yeah. And it throws off your yeah. entire day, right? But you got to kind of like bring yourself back into alignment. And there's always going to be exterior forces that throw you off you just have to align yourself like back up right because that's something that i need to work on um setting goals for myself Uh, i've I've started to build a routine but i think the biggest thing like you said you wake up you write down what you're grateful for i see a lot of people doing that and i haven't really done that and i don't really have the like the the interest of doing it but i see that there are so many benefits of doing it do you find yourself repeating what you're doing all the time or do you try and find something new whenever you write those goals down i repeat a lot of the a lot of the same things um like i'm like i repeat that i'm grateful for my family every day because it's like why wouldn't i be grateful for them but 
I do try to um, like, again, bringing my kids back into the conversation. It's something that I tell my kids all the time. You have to feel grateful. And I, and I kind of, those little small things, I feel that I differentiate them with them. So it's like, if I'm talking to them about, look guys, like we're, we're grateful that mommy made you guys dinner. Like just get them to like realize those little things that they may be seeing as standard. Oh, you're the parent, you're supposed to feed me. Well, we technically are, but you should still be grateful for it. Yeah, because there are a lot of kids, a lot of people, parents who don't have that. Yes. And like you said, it's the little things that your kids may not appreciate that you need to get them to understand might be a big deal for yeah. for them compared to other people, right? That they're fortunate that, you know, they have a hardworking dad, you know, and they're gonna be able to have a roof over their head for, you know, the rest of their lives and that's that's you taking care of them, but it starts with them you implementing into their into their heads that you know and that's my biggest motivation man that's my biggest motivation is is that they'll be okay for the rest of their lives and i'm not saying that they need millions of dollars i'm talking about like i i had a hard childhood my parents they always worked so hard and all through like we're immigrants right so we came here my dad cleaned bathrooms like a lot of the times my father and my parents were working and they did everything they possibly could but we never didn't have, you know what I mean? Like we never went hungry. I remember like moments where we would eat a lot of pasta, let's say, right? But yeah. at the time you really didn't think about it, but like you look past now, like you look back now and it's like, yeah, those things happen. Or like the Christmases where you didn't receive the best gifts or you received very little gifts, right? Again, at the time you didn't feel it, but you look back now and you realize that those things, those things happen, right? Like I never want to be in a position where I can't pay my rent or I can't pay my mortgage or I can't feed my kids. And that's my motivation each day. It doesn't matter if I did 10 deals or a thousand deals. My motivation each day is I have to go out and and I have to get it because I got to bring it back to my family. So kind of like a lion when he wakes up, he's like, I got to feed my family today. This is how I wake up every day. I don't think about how much money's in my bank account. I don't think about what I did yesterday. I think about today, I have to go in that jungle and I have to get it. And that's how I wake up every single day. And I'm relentless when it comes to it. Yeah, that that's really good. Cause I, you know, you're a hard worker. Like you mentioned before, you were, you work until, you know, 11, 12 at night, which has positive and negative effects, yeah. but it's having that, um, that, that mindset, that mentality to wake up early. I'm just a rare breed. I have to say I'm, I'm a rare breed. I'm a little sick in the head sometimes where like, let's say like I, I just now in my life, I do everything that satisfies my soul. And sometimes I, I want to work 13, 14, 15 hours. Like I want to do that. It makes me happy. And like, like I'm stressed. Like you, you, you see me at the end of the day and I look horrible but I feel good inside, believe it or not. Like I feel like, okay, you know what? I accomplished all these things and I know that all this work that I did today is gonna pay me in dividends down the road. And that's, listen, real estate, it's a cyclical business. If you wanna make money in six months to a year, you gotta be working today. And that's why a lot of newer realtors, they get busy, because it's going to happen. You're, you're going to eventually get busy. You're going to have three or four clients at a time, especially at the beginning. It's all new to you. And then all of a sudden you stop doing all those little systematic things that got you to be busy in the first place. And all of a sudden, as soon as your clients are like, you help them buy, you help them sell, you're like, you have no more clients. You're like, 
my business completely stopped. Yeah, what do I do? What do I do? Well, the reason why it stopped is because you went ahead and you stopped doing those little things that allowed you to get that business to begin with. Right. And these are the things that these newer realtors forget. And how do you plan that? How do you, do you go and, you know, set your schedule a day in advance, a week in advance, just write down the small Days, things? weeks, months, and years, man. Yeah. Like there's things that like, are, have happened in the past year that I planned 15, 16 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of every single day and every single week and month trying to get a little bit closer to those goals, right? So I believe in planning. Like I, I talk about it on social media all the time, like people that are buying, selling, like again, and the more that you get into the business, you'll realize this, right? Like there's a lot of buyers that are not ready today they need to do things that they need to do certain steps, whether it's cleaning up their credit, um, saving a little bit more for down payment, shifting money around because they're self-employed and the way that they pay themselves is not the way that a bank would want them to pay themselves. A lot of these things take time. So you need to plan, but that goes to, it goes the same in your business, right? And in your life, you got to plan the things that you want to happen. And if you don't plan, guess what you're doing? You're waking up every single day and you're winging it. Yep. And I, I can admit I've I've done that, right? Because I'm so- We all do it. Like weird. I do yeah. I, I do it sometimes myself. Like as much as I can sit here and say, oh yeah, I, I do this and I do that. Yes, I do it 98% of the times, but there's always those 2% of the times where like you don't plan it and all of a sudden just things are not going systematically the way you would want them to. But that's yeah. your fault because you didn't plan it, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's building those days so that you have a successful day. Yeah, because I had, I had a day a, a couple of days ago where I didn't do much for the day and I didn't, feel accomplished. But that's also, again, my own fault for not trying to plan it ahead of time and waking up in the morning and saying, okay, what am I going to do today? Rather than going back a week ago and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do doing Monday. This is what I'm doing Tuesday and, and planning it out that way, because I feel like that's the most effective way. And it's something I've, I've started to do before. I didn't really have a calendar. And so for the first couple of months, I had a calendar. And now, as of a couple of weeks ago, I'm starting to color coordinate my calendar, which I think is a big thing. And I think a lot of people do it. And I didn't even realize that a lot of people do it because then you can balance things like meetings uh, for us doing things like showings and having our family time and then mixing all that other stuff in between because that's that's how we can manage our time and manage our business to be successful. And I'm sure extremely you do a lot hard. Of that. Um, I said it before we started the podcast. Um, I think that balance is bullshit. Um, maybe some people have achieved it. Maybe some people can achieve it. I can achieve it. I just, I, I've been in the business for such a long time and I just have never been able to achieve it. And it's always because you're busy. You have 24 hours in the day. That's it. So you can either do one thing or the other. It's hard to be in both at, at two places at one time, right? Yeah. That's why I feel that there's a lot of people that are starting teams and they're starting to kind of evolve the way that their businesses are set up because I think eventually you need to evolve your business from being a salesperson to being an actual business. And a lot of realtors don't understand that. They're kind of like, well, what do you mean? I I'm self-employed. I run my own business. I'm like, yes. I'm like, but if you went on vacation for a month, I'm like, are you really producing? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, are you selling real estate when you're on the beach for a month? No, I'm not. Well, you're a salesperson. You're only as good as your last sale. But if you actually have a business that can actually run when you're not there, then you have a business. There's a big difference, right? That does take a little bit of time. It does take a little bit of planning. 
And it's very difficult because in that planning phase, you're going nuts. And guess what? During those times, you're sacrificing personal time. You're, you're, you're sacrificing family time. It's just, that's why I'm saying that balance is very, very difficult to right. achieve. But that's so, that that's very smart. Uh like you said about the vacations and building your business because yeah, I'm building my own self business, but with you, you've built a team for yourself and you mentioned that that sort of helps you with the business on the side. So the team isn't where I, where I quite want it to be. Uh, and just because I've been building it very slowly. So I had a team prior uh, when I used to work at a brokerage, as you know, I own my own, my own brokerage mm -hmm. now. Uh, the team was very unsuccessful uh, and it was unsuccessful because of myself. The thought process of how I wanted to run the team was completely incorrect. The people that I chose for the team were completely incorrect and I just had the wrong idea. But it's like anything in real estate that you have to go through the motions to realize what's right and what's wrong because there's no book that tells us exactly how to do it the right way. It's like, like how, how I can best explain real estate is we can open up a coffee shop in the same exact building. Mine is here, yours is there. But my coffee shop will be completely different than your coffee shop. Yeah. And that's exactly what real estate is. We're all free and we all have the liberty to run our business whichever way we want. That's why I always on social media talk about the fact that realtors are not all the same. And that's why I feel that people need to do their homework when they select a realtor because we all do things differently. Yeah, so do you think it was uh, a better move to open up your own brokerage and sort of do everything for yourself? Or do you feel like um, there are things you could go back on to I opened up my that? brokerage for a different reason. Um, okay. So uh, at the time when I opened up my brokerage, it was the only way to actually incorporate which, which as now as an independent realtor, you can incorporate. Yeah. So I technically wouldn't have needed to open up a brokerage when I did four years ago. Uh, but at the same time, I'm happy that I did because I'm able to do things in the way that I want to do them. So before I always had to follow, let's say, what Royal LePage or Keller Williams or whatever brokerage I was with, like I would have to follow their rules, which are great because not all of their rules were bad, but there were rules that I didn't agree with that I thought that they were very archaic and just things that just don't really apply in today's modern real estate world, right? So I'm just happy that I opened up my own place that I can do whatever I feel is correct. And uh, I haven't looked back and I, I think it was the best decision I've made so far in my career. Yeah, that, that's great. And it's going to take time to get to that point. Which and I'm is okay. sure, yeah, but you learned a lot by going through being by yourself, yes, having a team and now owning your own brokerage. Was that your goal from the start? It was never my goal. It was never my goal. It's something that I kind of adapted, adapted to, let's say I, I said to myself, well, this is what I need to do. Like, like again, fast forwarding four years later, I wouldn't have to open up my own brokerage with how taxes and everything's everything can be done right now. But again, that led me to doing it. And I feel that maybe if I could have done it, I, I could have done it the way that I could now four years ago, maybe I wouldn't have opened up my own brokerage. So it kind of worked out for me because I, I had kind of no choice if I wanted to incorporate, right? Yeah. And the, like the same saying, you know, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. I feel like- whatever you've done, you've done, yeah, again, for a reason and it's been successful for you and you're, I'm sure you're going to build up even more. So what, what's your next step for your brokerage? Are you chilling? Are you trying to grow I'm as much as possible? I'm never chilling, man. I'm just... never chilling. That's uh, it's something that, 
a good friend of mine said to me something that's always stuck by. And he said to me, life is too short to be mediocre. And that always stuck by. And it, just, it, it resonates with me because it's like, why would we want to be the same people tomorrow that we are today? As as much as you're happy with yourself today, as much as you're happy with the situation, there could always be something better. You could always strive for something that you don't have today, right? So one of the things that uh, I've always been heavy into like like goals and just I'm I'm very goal oriented. The problem that I've had, like the 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 drawback, is that sometimes I don't I don't enjoy the goals. Like I, I go ahead, I'll accomplish it. And I'm like, okay, what's next? So how do you write down your goals? How do you figure out what your goals are going to be? Because that's something that I, like I mentioned earlier, I haven't set goals for myself yet. And I feel like that's something that I really need to do. And I'm getting to it. I actually have it in my calendar for, for next week um, to next start week. writing down. Yeah, crazy? Or tomorrow, whatever. I'm it should busy, be. A, it should be as tomorrow. soon as the podcast is over, man. All right. So like, we yeah, can run it. You, you, we'll need, you really, it you, you need to get on that right away. Like, the goals are not going to wait for anybody. Yeah. Like if you don't set them right away, they're just never going to happen. So how do you set them? You just got to determine what's important to you. And, and listen, small some, goals and big small, ones too. Small goals, big goals. There's going to be things that you change along the way. There's things that, you know what I mean? Um, like one of my all-time goals always, I, I said to myself, I'd love to buy a Ferrari one day. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about that now. Really? Like, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to have that car, but I don't give a shit about it. Like, I just, it's like now, like I said, my goal is for my kids and my wife to have a home, to have food on their table. That's my goal. So like, obviously being a a younger realtor, you're going to have things that are important to you now that later on, they're not going to be very important important to you, right? So I guess it's kind of the, the maturity that kind of, you grow into as well, right? Yeah, my friends and family watching and listening right now, they know that my my goal is to have a Lambo. Yeah. Not not a big Ferrari guy, yeah. more of a Lambo guy, but that's been my goal and trying to achieve that. I think, like you said, you know, that was your goal. And you mentioning that, that it's not your goal anymore. Listen, is, man. I'm scared now. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something and uh, take it however you want. There's probably a lot of people that are going to watch this and uh, they're going to probably even scratch their heads, but- all of that stuff, it doesn't mean shit. No. I'm telling you right now, once you have it, you'll re- you'll realize that it, it's just so insignificant. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, if you make your, your life and the purpose of what you're doing about a watch, about a car, about a house, it, it's just, you're going to fall down. It's going to be a never-ending cycle, man. It's right. going to be a never-ending cycle. And, and all it is, it's going to be temporary happiness mm-hmm. because you're going to be like, oh, look at this cool watch or oh, look at this cool car. And it's going to be cool for that day, the day after, maybe the week after. And then it's going to be like, okay, well, I have it. It's like, I enjoy it, but it's like, does it really, does it really make me happier? And I'm telling you, man, it doesn't. Yeah, It won't. That's true. But also, I guess on, on the flip side is, you know, you, you've worked so hard to get to that goal. And if that's something... Like we were talking about the shoes before, that might be something that's insignificant. You know, I really want this pair of shoes, whatever. And now you have it and it's like, whatever. But I feel like with a big goal like that, owning a house, buying a fancy car, um, you know, having those and, and achieving those goals, yes, yeah, temporary happiness, but it's the it's 
thinking back in the past to what you did to get to that point, I yeah. think makes it a little bit better. But yeah, like I, I do agree. Once you get it, yeah, it's insignificant. Like who now, cares if you it have is, a fancy It is car. cool once you have it because it's almost like you see it every day, you can touch it. It's motivation. Like it's almost like I I have this because of how hard I worked because I did all of these things, right? So like I use some of these things as motivation to me. And, and it's almost like, this is why I need to keep going. This is why I need to continue pushing myself, right? But like, again, I guess maybe it's because I'm older, more mature, or I shifted a little bit. It's like before I used to make it like a point. I like I was, I, I went through a period in my, in my life where I was like super into watches. I had like 10 watches, right? And it was just like, I can only wear one watch at a time. So it's like, why do I have all these watches? So I basically sold like, I think I have like three watches now. Oh, really? You know what I mean? So, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not a watch yeah. guy. So it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy yeah. because it's like, what's the point? And it like, again, it's cool. Like you have it, you made it. But again, I feel there's a lot of people that they strive to have these material things. And it's almost like they're they're compromising their 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 financial well-being just to have them. And that's crazy too, right? But like, listen, man. I'm no one to tell people what to do, what not to do. I think, uh, I, I truly believe to each its own is something awesome because you should do what makes you happy. I just think that if you're spending a ton of money on something that in reality is insignificant and it's really it's it's really gonna compromise your well-being, I think it's stupid just to have it. Yeah, and uh, no, I, I totally agree with and that. And I see it all the time, like, yeah. uh, like, uh, let's say people buy a house and, and it's like many times, like I know my client's financial situation and I'm like, listen, man, I'm like, I would love if you bought this house cause I'm gonna get a really nice commission check. But I don't think this is in your best interest. Like think of like, you're gonna have this house and it's gonna be cool, it's gonna be great, but like you're not gonna be able to live a lifestyle even close to what you live now. You're not gonna be able to go on your vacations two or three times a year. You're not gonna be able to, let's say, do this, this, and this, you know what I mean? Because again, through social media and, and all of these clients, they do end up becoming like friends, people that you once in a while talk to. Like you get to know them a little bit more, right? So it's like, you see what they do. So it's like, you can kind of like give them advice, not not necessarily as, as a realtor, because as a realtor, you would say, buy it, buy it, buy it. But you give them like advice because you really care. Right. And there's been many of my clients that have actually said, yeah, you know what? Like, maybe you're right. Maybe I don't need a house this big. Maybe I can buy something a little bit smaller. Maybe I can buy something a little bit less expensive. That's And listen, clients years down the road, like I just had a client a, a client of mine who's actually turned into be, he's a very fr a good friend of mine. He's like, I'm so glad that I didn't buy that like 3,500 square foot house. He ended up buying like a smaller 2,800 square foot house, but him and his family, they take vacations. You know what I mean? They drive a nice vehicle. They go for dinners. He's like, if I would have bought that house, he's like, I would have been so super, stress with like the mortgage rates and everything because I would have had to really overextend myself. Right? Yeah. And I, I think that that's also why you're so good because I see your videos online and you're so genuine that you're in your, you're, you seem to always be in your client's best interest. Like you said, you don't want to convince anyone to, to come no, to you. You want never. them to come to you because they want to come to you. Yes. And I think that's very important in this industry and in any industry because it's not you, you know, trying to make some money off of a guy. Like you said, you know, oh, he can afford this. 
$2 million house, but it might be more beneficial for you to do a one and a money, half million dollar Money house. comes and goes, Ryan, uh, but the relationship that you have with people, it's going to last a lifetime. So if, I, I truly feel that if you try to take care of people, you, you try to be honest, um, it may in the short term, not always be the best thing, but in the long term, you will be one of the ones that are still going to be there. Yeah. It's super important maintaining relationships. That's exactly yes. what this business is about. Yes. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about being true and being genuine to yourself. And that's like you said, there are other people in this industry who don't have that, who you know may have a hole that needs to be filled because they're not a good person, but they're making a lot of money and they burn bridges because of it. Yeah. And if you can stay genuine and just be a good person, that's probably that, that's the most important thing in this business. That's what I find at least. No, I, 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 I'm with you 100% on that. Um, always all these podcasts, everybody's asking me questions. I want to ask you a question because you're a newer realtor. What's been your biggest challenge and struggle since you started in the business? So I actually uh, spoke about this a little bit on my last one, but the biggest struggle for me is actually just finding clients right because it's a matter of having people trust me because i have friends i have family who um you know who know that i'm in real estate maybe they have other real estate agents maybe they don't but why would they come to me because i'm so new in the business maybe i don't know much about real estate and that's what i need to figure out right i sit down every day and i'm sitting at my computer and I'm growing through my business and trying to plan myself and trying to grow and trying to learn. I think that's the biggest thing. I haven't, it hasn't been easy, as you know, as a, a, a realtor in your first year, right? You're mostly doing leases. You're not really doing sales, but it's going to come. So it's finding those people to but come But how many in. new realtors don't want to do leases? They don't want to do them because there's very little money in them. But it's like, for example, the the my team member, Adrian, he started in the business three years ago. And I said, Adrian, I said, you need to do these leases because believe me, I will give it a couple of years. These people are gonna wanna buy. He just did a transaction, $1.3 million off of a lease, off of a client he met off of a lease like a year and a half or two years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Is, is I think for me going into it, the one mindset that I have is you treat every client the same, whether they're buying a $10 million house or they're buying a $1,500 condo. Goes without you saying. You treat them all, treat them all the same. Saying. But that's like a typical realtor thing to say, right? <laughs> well, I, I, no. I just bother. Actually, no. I, I just bother. I, right? You know, I, I feel like, like there are a lot of people that, that don't do that. No. Right. Like you said, he didn't want to do leases. And maybe it's it's because you had that positive mindset and you sure. sort of, you know, brought him down to the, you know, you, you need to treat them this way. No, but. He, you know what? In, in that sense, I have to say Adrian is awesome. He's never said, I don't want to work with this person. He's always said, whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. But I'm just saying there's a lot of newer realtors that they, they're, they're kind of like, oh, that's a waste of my time. Yeah. And that's kind of where the problem arises, right? And that's the issue with our business is that people literally think that this shit is selling sunset. They think that it's like a Netflix special and that we're like driving in our fancy cars and you know what I mean? And again, the problem is that this is what other realtors show on social media. 
they show their fancy house or well usually a lot of these people they don't actually don't even have a fancy house that's yeah. the funniest part but they'll show let's say their fancy car that they're making $1,500 a month payments on or let's say their nice watch or their purse or wh whatever the case may be you know what I mean and these are the things that they're showing and this is another reason why the public hates our industry because they yeah. think that, that we're overpaid babies you yeah, know? and, and a lot of us know. are a lot of us are yeah but they also don't know the back end stuff of it, right? Yes. Like they only see the surface of the social media. Yeah, people watch these shows and I've had people come up to like, oh, it's like it's like selling Beverly Hills or selling stuff. It's not. Listen, it's, it's, it's like so easy. It's, it's like so anything. easy because there's realtors that they won't sell anything for like three months and all of a sudden they'll get a $25,000 commission check and you know what these people will do? They'll go out and they'll spend that money designer clothes this and that the other and they're they just rent and which listen that's okay if that's what they like that's okay but this is a perception that people have that is not real you know what right. i mean yeah and that's that's the difference it's all materialistic it's all it's all materialistic and it's all a show it's like these people can't like they shouldn't be really buying that stuff because they should be doing other things they should be investing in a place of their own or whatever the case may be but again Getting back to what I was saying earlier, to each its own, everybody does whatever they're happy, but people just really need to realize that this is hard work. It's really, really hard. We are in charge of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of people's hard-earned money, and we need to take this seriously. The reason why people are going to use you, Ryan, is because you know what the fuck you're doing, because you're good at what you do, not because you have a fancy car or because you parade yourself on social media like a lot of these idiots do. Just focus on the business, focus on learning, try to shadow as many great realtors as possible. Try to see the little things that they do day in and day out. And then slowly but surely, it's going to take some time, but you're going to meet one person, you're going to meet the other person and your client, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a snowball effect. It does take time, but people are going to use you because you know what you're doing. So if you focus on learning, you'll be okay. That's good. Yeah, I was actually gonna I was gonna say we're we're almost at the end, and I was gonna ask yeah. you what's what's one piece of advice that you would give. I read your mind. A new realtor, <laughs> and you know, you you answer my question. So anyway, I, I really appreciate it, Mario. No Where can people find you online uh, for your social medias and all of that? Uh, ArmaniSells.ca on Instagram and uh, YouTube channel Mario Armani Real Estate Team. Give me a call. And you also have. Uh, uh, Armani Realty on your Instagram too. I do. I have Armani Realty, but it's uh, ArmaniSells.ca is more, it's, it's my personal account. I try to share as much of my day-to-day, -day, um, a little bit of family, a lot of work, and uh, just try to have fun with it. And some mental health stuff too. So Definitely if you're, some you're mental struggling, health stuff. you need someone to talk to. Yeah, you know what? Um, Mary's a great guy to reach out to. I, 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 reach out to me as well. Yeah, I, I always, yeah, you, you got re, to reach out to me. Reach out to me, but you can reach out to him too, you know, if, yeah, you know, no, I, I definitely end, yeah. talk a lot about mental health on my channel. Um, I always post a lot of motivation, uh, motivational stuff. And uh, yeah, I just, I want to also help people. And it's just not all about real estate. And I feel that's kind of uh, what's a little bit different in, let's say, comparing myself to other realtors. Right. So thanks. I appreciate no that. Problem. And Thank uh, you, man. I guess, yeah. Thanks again, everybody. We'll uh, see you next week. No bull. No bull. No bull. No bull with no bull. That's it, man. <laughs> that's it. All right. Take care.